Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Welcome to episode 128 of Lesbians You Write. This week's topic is how to find an editor. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the editor whisperer, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? I don't know if my editor would agree with that, since she's always like, I've taught you this. Why do you keep doing this? Stop doing this. <laughs> well, um, I'm doing all right. I have, I have a little announcement. Do you remember... You remember when the setup was published on Audible and there was a typo in the blurb? Mm. And I've tried fixing it on my own because they're like, oh, now you can do it on your own. You just have to have the person, the producer, unlock it, which is my narrator in the UK. And then you go in and you fix it. And I've tried. And then they're like, it would go live again. And there would be the fucking typo just like mocking me. I finally, finally remembered after, I think, three months. (laughs) I finally remembered to actually email ACX to kindly take care of this and explain that I keep doing this, but for some reason your system won't override the typo, and they fixed it for me. So the typo is finally gone out of the blurb for the setup. I am so pleased. I really am. Uh, And I'm going to give you a little toot-toot because, uh, you know, (laughs) that deserves it. It's these little things, isn't it, that just sort of play on your mind, and they're like constantly, and you're like, God damn it, that's not been done yet you can take it off your list yeah and i always remember like at a a point where i'm nowhere near a computer or anything so i'm like oh i need to remember to do that and then by the time i get home it's like completely just out of my brain and then i'm like yeah so it's just but it it is one of those other things that you just have to constantly kind of keep track of because you you, these little things just do fall through the cracks even though we are professionals and we keep telling people we should be you should be professional if you want to do this occur it's hard. It's hard to be professional, especially when the technology platforms kind of let you down. Because I was doing what they were told. They told me to do. Mm. All right. So, anywho, I have another announcement. I'm just full of announcements today. Apparently, Lizzie is with my betas. Now, I will, I will admit, these past few weeks have been the opposite of fun. They've been pure fucking hell on my end on the work front because I had a September 1 final edit deadline for the co-write with Miranda McLeod that went right up to that uh, deadline date <laughs> hour well, um, so we were pushing that one and then the first of the month uh, is also the day the book of the month polls go live on iHeartLesfic and as it happened the way it worked out this end of the month the last IHL newsletter fell on August 31st so that means September 1st, like I had to build all the reader polls and everything, and I had to swap everything out at the last second. Usually I can prep that ahead of time to get it done. And then, of course, this was the time that my week, this was the time that my computer systems decided to cause some major issues taking care of all of the iHeartless fix stuff because that's what I definitely needed during stressful moments. My computers to be like, you want to do this simple task that you've completed a million times up until today? No, fuck you. So I'm not doing it. I'm going on strike. And then I had a deadline for my betas for the uh, the next Lizzie book. And of course, all of this, during all of this, I had um, Ida, Hurricane Ida, move through. Now, fortunately, fortunately, we did not experience too much damage. Um, I know there are certain parts of the country that just got 
hammered by the storm. I only had a minor leak in my uh, bathroom window that took a couple hours of cleanup. We got by. We're not living without electricity. There are still people in Louisiana who don't have electricity. So we, we, it was just a minor scrape with Ida. But it was just yet another thing during all of this that I was managing and trying not to pull my hair out and pretty much just cry in the corner. But on the good news front, I know recently I said the rest of the year I'm going to try and focus more on reading in the evening. However, that has been put on hiatus because it's tennis time. The U.S. Open has started. And so I have been catching up with uh, tennis because since moving back to the U.S., I've cut the cord, so it's been hard for me to um, watch the French Open in Wimbledon, and the Australian Open's always been a difficult one because of the time difference. But the U.S. Open, I actually can watch on my television, and I've been enjoying it. This is a, a tournament that we used to go to all the time. It, um, we used to travel to New York and attend the matches, but we haven't done that in a few years. So I've been missing the whole experience. Hopefully in a couple more years um, I can go back safely. <laughs> but anywho, so while I, all my life has fallen apart, I am drowning myself with tennis at night. So there's there's good news. It's that, not all. It's not all hellscape here. That is tennis. No. <laughs> And that is good because, you know, tennis is the uh, only sport that has a lot of love, TB. There's a lot of love in tennis, isn't there? Love, love. <laughs> Every game starts with love, love. I know. Love wins in tennis, and that's what you always need to know. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. We're, we're recording this on the Tuesday before this comes out, so um, a few days before. But at the moment, I think our girl, uh, Emma Raducanu, is still in, which is, like, amazing. I think it was last night or yesterday she had a big match where she advanced to the quarters, if mm. I'm remembering correctly. There's a lot of new names yeah. in the um, tennis draw because a, a lot of the players um, either are rehabbing injuries or or whatnot or have already been knocked out by younger players. There's a lot of teenagers in the draw right now, which is um, interesting. So I'm learning a lot of new names, and, of course, I'm really bad at names, so it takes me a few years to get used to it. Yes, well, I mean, I'm not a huge tennis fan. I, I sort of keep abreast of it, but I'm not. A, I listen to sports radio, so I know I know of it. But uh, she did really well at Wimbledon. Uh, she was like the bright star at Wimbledon, but she had to pull out because of uh, injury, I think. Yeah, it's really good that she's done two back-to-back -back tournaments now and got and got fur way further than anyone thought. So well done her. Absolutely. So so my week has been well since we last spoke, which is a couple of weeks, has been a bit rough how are you doing on that side because you were coming up a deadline as well if i remember correctly mm. so the book is still with uh the editor this comes out on um september the 13th which is the day before my birthday hooray um but anyway so this book is with the editor it's not coming back until next week so this week i've been trying so i'm saying the word week a lot and i last week i was doing all catch up with all my admin tasks so i did my accounts which I've been neglecting for four months I did a whole day of those so that was that was exciting <laughs> but <laughs> you don't know, like those things that you have on your list though a bit like your I must change that blurb in ACX like it's on your list forever and it taunts you forever and then you finally take a day and do it and then the satisfaction is never that big is it so no doing paperwork um I I actually bought a new uh, bookcase that has like a file shelf in the bottom which I still need to construct because I want to make it easy because I always print off my tax paperwork but I don't have a really convenient place to file it all so it just kind of sits on my printer tray for like until I'm like okay I need to like take care of this but yeah 
it's not I mean I, on one hand it's nice to get it done and on the other hand it's just very like well that that happened yes like, it's not exciting no it's not exciting but I'm up to date with my uh, accounts now so yay and also, so that was last week, and I did like a, a load of other sort of small tasks that have been on my list to do. Uh, this week, I just started a new story. Now, I'm I'm not, don't really know, just thought I'd get some words, squeeze some words out before the new one comes along, comes back to me uh, from the editor. So I've just started on a new story. I'm not really sure what it is. Or again, I've been wanting to write a book in first person for a while now. You know, I, I think I said to you that every time I write in third person, which I do like, but I do like to also do a first person book every now and again. Um, probably about 20% of my books are first person. Maybe not even that much an issue. But anyway, it's time. It's time, TV. So uh, I, I am starting a first person book. Um, and I know how I want it to um, start, but I don't really know what's going to happen. So I'm just writing into the void. Is this a book that's going to, like be edited this year i can't remember if you have any editing dates left this year i don't uh because the the one that's with the editor now is going to come out in october i think so uh th this one uh, probably will go to the editor beginning of next year i imagine okay so you have time to figure out or retrain yourself to use first person because i know i kind of toggle back between different projects and one is a first person and one is a third person I think I sent uh, Miranda a chapter of our, co our recent co-write, and she's like, oh my god, you wrote it in first person. And then she texted back, be like, oh, it was just like the first two paragraphs, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I'll break out into third person uh, in this one. Um, also, this, this weekend just gone, um, we went to see two women's football games. So it was, um, actually, when this comes out, it won't be the weekend just gone, it'll be the weekend before. But um, the men's were on hiatus they were on international duty so all the women's uh women's super league games were played at the men's stadiums so um spurs took on birmingham and they played it at the tottenham hotspur stadium and arsenal took on chelsea and they played it at the emirates i'm a spurs fan my wife's an arsenal fan so um we went to see both so we had a whole weekend of ladies in shorts which was lovely so why i was like suffering meeting my deadlines you're watching ladies in shorts yes <laughs> This seems like really a cruel world all of a sudden. <laughs> and the even better thing is that we both won. So Spurs won 1-0 and Arsenal beat Chelsea 3-2, which is uh, which is a much bigger feat, obviously, because uh, Spurs beat Birmingham, which is which is a good feat, because Spurs are a pretty new newish uh, women's team. And um, so it was a good first win, good first day win. Um, and great to see them at the proper stadium. And then, but Arsenal-Chelsea, they're two of the top three teams in the league. And um, they've got big superstars who are all playing in the in the Olympics and stuff like that. The difference in quality was <laughs> incredible. Uh, but it was such a brilliant, it was one of the best games of football I've seen in ages, actually. It was just brilliant. Uh, Arsenal beat them 3-2, even though Arsenal won, and I'm a Spurs fan. But it was just great to see such a brilliant game, brilliant advert for the women's um, football. So it was like an early birthday gift. Yes, because this week is my birthday, and it's a big birthday, TB. Let me guess, you are 29. That's right, I am 29, <laughs> plus 21. Why do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if TB can work it out. I turn half a century tomorrow. Mm. Wow. I don't know what to say to that. I'm, I'm, how close am I? I'm 47. So, yeah. You're, you're never sure, are you? No. <laughs> I'm never, I never know my age. You which always makes it awkward when I, like, have to, like, supply my age to, like, a doctor or something. 
So, you know, um, when I, before COVID, I was going to have a big party for this year. When COVID happened, I decided I'm not going to even chance it because I didn't know where we were going to be. It's still probably the wise decision, I think. But I am having birthday drinks um, on Saturday or the one that's just gone, actually. So they'll all have been done. And then today, as this goes out on Monday, um, I'll be in a nice hotel being pampered. And then we're going out for a nice dinner tomorrow. I am milking it a little bit. It's a, what is, what is it, golden? I think you should milk your 50th. I mean, that's a that's a big milestone. Mm. And uh, Not dead yet. No. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but, um, no, it's something you should celebrate, obviously. We always talk about celebrating things, especially during COVID times, because it's hard to uh, keep up cheeriness these days. Cheeriness is in small quantities, so I think we should really seek it out whenever we can. Yes. So um, there you go. So this week is my birthday week. So um, if you want to send me any gifts, um, then feel free. I wasn't expecting that part. I guess we could like up your coffee fund. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just go and buy us a coffee as my 50th birthday present. So thanks. Your personal coffee fund for your, because you want to redo your kitchen now for your coffee pot. Well, TV, I think that there's a coffee machine coming to me. Well, um, no, I think that, you know, I'm still going to need the extension to accommodate the coffee oh, pot. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the actual coffee pot, um, I think, is coming. I think some friends have, have uh, put some money in a pot and come up with a coffee pot. So, okay. Anyway, comments, what you got? Excuse me. Okay, first up, we have a comment from Vianne, who loves the podcast. So, thank you very much. Also, uh, buy us a coffee update. Uh, Laura... Uh, bought us a coffee and Laura loved the second draft episode so much and Laura went and bought one of Claire's uh, back catalog books in hopes of getting Claire closer to her coffee dream house so Laura is also contributing to your coffee pot extension fund thank you Laura yeah. that's really nice I appreciate it and Laura also thanks us for the fun and informative talk so those are the comments on this end how about you none wow that's kind of a birthday dud <laughs> I know right <laughs> come on everyone it's my birthday send me send me a send me a comment shall we get on to the topic at hand then since uh, the love is in short supply so the topic today uh, TB is going to be leading the uh, chat and it is how to find an editor now I did look back at our episodes and I don't think we've actually done a how to find an editor one before I did a search on our website on our lesbians who write website um, and the word editor came up a lot and editing has come up a lot but I'm not sure we've done a specific one on this so timely it might be a, a there, there might be a reason why we haven't done a specific one on this but it was requested by a listener um, con from Cleveland uh, emailed asking how to find an editor and it sounds like a very simple question <laughs> but in reality it doesn't have a simple answer unfortunately so I wish I could just say, go here, and the editor you find is going to be absolutely perfect, and it's going to be a relationship you're going to have in your life for the rest of your life. Ta-da. But that isn't the experience, at least, that I have had. And I know this is a question a lot of uh, authors have. It's one of the ones that intimidate many new authors about finding an editor. So let's just kind of dig into it. So I'm going to go back and give a little history, because I am the historian, of my 
how to find an editor experience went, which is, um, it wasn't easy. <laughs> well, I contacted one editor when I got my first book ready to that stage. Um, we exchanged a few, few emails. She was excited, enthusiastic, and um, I sent the manuscript, and then I never heard from her again. <laughs> Luckily, I did not put a down payment down, so that was like my first editing how to find an editor hopefulness bubble just burst. Uh, my second editor was a uh, much uh, better experience and uh, we had worked on several books together but then she had a second child and then cut back on her editing. So this is something that you will experience. Um, at the other time I've, I've been working with two editors and I liked both of them but I had to choose between one. One of them was already kind of on the pricey side of things and then she raised her prices so she kind of made my decision for me. But um, it's not easy to find an editor and why why is it not easy to find an editor? Everyone has their own writing style and everyone writes in specific genres. So you need to find an editor who matches, who understands your writing style and who kind of knows a bit about your genre. Um, if you're working on a lesbian romance and you hire a horror uh, editor, it probably could be a good fit, but if you work with an editor who knows more about like lesbian um, romance tropes, it makes it a bit easier and everything. So I won't go into the different types of editing because we did cover that in episode 20. I'll drop a link in the show notes. Also, another um, difficulty with finding the editor for you so you have to have someone who like knows your style of writing and who kind of understands the genre you're working in, but you have to understand every editor also has their own style. And sometimes an author-editor pairing just isn't meant to be. One of the best things you can do to find out if it is gonna be something that will work out is most editors will do a sample edit for you. So you give a, a, a sample of your writing I suggest a more cleaner copy. Don't send out, don't just bash something out and then send it to them and drive them crazy. Show them something that you would actually send for edit because by the time you're sending to an editor, hopefully you've also done some self-editing on your part and it's gone through betas and stuff like that. So send it a as clean as copy as you possibly can and get a sample edit and see what the comments are like and see what they're catching and what they're not catching. And this is... It's kind of like when you're hiring um, any professional, you usually want to know what you're getting into. Did you do a sample edit on your end? I did, yeah, but I do think it's it is tricky. Like I think I selected maybe about a, um, a passage of about a thousand words, and then put in intentional errors that weren't there because obviously you know my copy's so clean, TV, and then they're going to struggle, right? I, I didn't even consider putting in. I know, I always do. So you lay a trap. I do. Well, you know, I just put in a few more than there are anyway, probably, uh, just to just to make sure that I get, give them a few easy wins, right? But they're going to have to see if they can phrase a, a sentence differently, um, you know, and stuff like that, as well as just finding the missing words, which is my Achilles heel and typos. But I do also find that the sample edit it will give you the it will give you a basic understanding, but you won't really get an understanding until you give them the whole manuscript. Well, absolutely, because um, when you do get the whole manuscript back, there is a lot to take in. I usually like to when I get a manuscript back from my editor, and we have worked together for about four years now, so we're we're very comfortable with each other's styles. 
but even then it's still kind of jarring sometimes and um i'll read the comments like i get like a overview sheet and then i go through the actual document where there are more comments and everything and i usually read them through and then let them sit for a day or two before i tackle them because um i'm the type of person who has to let things marinate for a bit i can't just go from one task to the next i can't dive in right away so but yeah the sample edit will give you an idea but it's not going to be like exactly what you're going to go through when you do decide to uh go ahead and hire that particular editor it's like a relationship <laughs> i mean everyone has faults everyone has pluses and um you just have to work together for the best possible outcome so but again we're still stuck with that how do you find people to try out um there is some resources you can check out i know on ireadindies.com which is uh, uh geared towards lesbian fiction authors um they have a resource pdf available on their website i know readsies.com lists editors several of our listeners have have mentioned that they have used readsies readsy how do you say it readsy readsy to find editors um the Creative Pen, uh, Joanna Penn's uh, website, has a list of editors. So these are some sites um, you can check out. You can ask authors in your genre who would they would recommend. I will tell you right now, my editor is already booked through 2022 because this is another problem with editors. They do book up rather quickly. So um, the good ones get snapped up. So mine is currently booked up for 2022. Um, you, you, you schedule your edits as you go, right? Mm, pretty much I'm not as organized as you so uh yeah but um yeah I, I agree with all that um the other one is the alliance of independent authors if you're if you're a member of that um they have a list of editors and they'll also give you some um discounts if you're a member of the alliance of independent authors um I am I like to support it it's a non-profit organization for independent authors um and they've got a lot of um pluses like you can get free tickets to the London book fair if you're at this side of the pond and also um you can get legal advice on contracts and things like that so you know there are pluses uh to being there where did i get mine from I, I think i got mine from really um other author recommendations and recommendations they used to be like in places like not necessarily lesbian fiction but um facebook groups because there weren't that many of those when i was starting out but now there is right there's like the lesbic marketing alliance and there's a few other um, lesbian fiction groups specifically for authors so you could ask them and they might be they might if they're not guarding their editor too closely <laughs> as tv points out um, they might give you some recommendations but what i used to do when i um, was looking in places like the self-publishing formula um, facebook group or what's that other one 20 books to 50k i don't really go on facebook that much anymore but back a few years ago i did went into groups and any time that there was recommendations i would write them down for all the different types of editors for content edit and proofreading because those are the two I use mainly so uh, that's a good tip as well because you're like TB says things change that is the constant um, I've had one edit editor die on me I've had another editor get super busy I've had another one decide she's not going to do it anymore so you always have to have some uh, backups I, I forgot that your editor died yeah. I remember when you told me that news you were so sad <laughs> I was. I mean, I'm, you know, obviously sad for her, sad for her family and friends, uh, but also sad for me because she was a really good editor. Uh, yeah, then I had to go out and, and find two new editors, which I did. One from a Facebook group and one from an author friend. So, uh, and I'm sure it will happen again. 
and I'll have the panic again and then I'll have to go out and try and actively find them. I was just gonna say, it is just a case again of just reiterating the power of networking because if you know other authors um, and you know them a little bit better, they're more likely to maybe give you some recommendations. Maybe not their author, but somebody they've heard. It is. It is something we constantly have to do because things do change. I know my editor, uh, she cut back on her editing too due to COVID because she was then homeschooling children. So things do change rather quickly for everybody. But um, you did hit on another one that I was going to go into. Um, go in if you are on Facebook. Um, there are several author uh Facebook groups where people are very um, helpful. Some of them do have like actual links to pages that list editors. Um, I also go through uh, the books uh, in my genre. That's how I found some of my editors. Um, just checking the what what is it? The copyright page where um, I list my editor there and everything. And a lot of people do list their editors or in the acknowledgments they list their editors. So. I'm assuming the person who uh, requested this is going the indie route because they're looking for an editor. As you find with indie publishing, the more networking you do with other authors in your genre, help on all fronts. Like if you do need to find a decent editor, um, the authors are willing to help. Or if you need help with marketing, networking is key to your success as an indie author on so many different levels. I can't stress it enough. So. Um, yeah, but it is another one of those things where I understand why it is so scary because when I do test out a new editor, I'm always just kind of like, oh, what's this experience going to be like? Because I've had some bad experiences with editors that, and it it's almost just like you might as well have not even had it edited because it just caused more problems. And there are times where I've had something edited where I just had to scrap that and send it to a different editor because our styles did not match up. The person was probably not geared towards editing fiction was more nonfiction and those are two different animals I've seen that um, happen to people or like I do not recommend hiring your uh, neighbor who is an English teacher or a journalist because again that is two very different um, animals you need someone who can edit your genre and fiction if you're writing fiction I mean just having someone who's really good at grammar isn't going to cut it Unless it's like just the final proofread stage, but if you're wanting someone to actually get into the nitty gritty of editing, which a lot of us want our editors to do, you have to be cognizant of the fact that there are different types of editors out there and you have to know what you need. Yes, and I think at the beginning, maybe you might need a development developmental editor, but a lot of people can't afford those. So you can get those, you can just get, hire some good beta readers. When I say hire, you're not paying them generally, uh, but um, you can get some good beta readers, give you some good feedback uh, on your on your story structure. Yeah, generally I use editors for content editing, which is the overall overarching story and also line by line and then a proofread. So um, I use two different people for those two things. Yes, and again, I would like to caution people when they do get uh, uh, beta readers, make sure they actually know the genre. Don't send it to a friend who loves cozy mysteries and send them a romance. You want someone who knows the genre. Um, there, Again, this is where uh, lesbian fiction, if you are writing lesbian fiction, lesbian fiction uh, Facebook groups can help, not just the ones for authors, but the ones that have readers as well. You can ask. A lot of people are very uh, keen to beta read and get involved in the process early on. So you can ask, you know, if people are willing to beta read your work and stuff like that. Again, it's all 
This is the this is the tricky part, isn't it? Because we live in an age where anyone could put up a website saying they're an editor, but you have to find out if they actually have experience editing or if they're just someone who is like, oh my gosh, I really love to read, and I'm sure I can edit your book just fine. So, it, and, again, and this is where the sample edit and where references, um, referrals, stuff like that do come into play to help you because um. I think a lot of us have had experiences with uh, editors who claim they were editors that weren't actually as skilled as you wanted them to be. And you are paying money for this service and you want to make sure you're paying good money and you're not just throwing it down the toilet. Yes, definitely. But the, on the upside, I know a lot of people think, oh, I can get away with not having an editor. I'm really good. I'm good at spotting my own stuff. You can't spot your own stuff. But also the other thing that I didn't really fully realize um, and you do really realize that as you carry on, is that you learn something. You learn things from your editors and you learn your tics and you learn your strengths and weaknesses, but also you just learn how to be a better writer if you have a good editor, because they'll point things out and they'll explain things and they'll give you different ways of going with the story. Maybe your story doesn't work in a particular bit and they'll give you an alternative or they'll encourage you to think of another one. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's not just about, can you afford it? It's also, can you not, can you afford not to? I think going through the editing process, especially the, with the first handful of books, was the best education I've ever had as a writer. Because, yes, I was a reader all my life. I, I had taken classes in college and stuff like that. But it wasn't until my editor actually dug in to my manuscripts and started pointing things out to me, how to like front load and back load sentences and everything like that, where you it is probably the best education as a writer you can get. I mean, you can sign up for courses on um, online about marketing and everything like that, but if you truly want to figure out how to be a better writer, hire a really qualified editor, and they they do put you through the ringer, but it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, after a while, um, you know, there's always a bit of oh, trepidation when I go to open my file fresh from the editor and there's always like oh god oh god but actually then you actually come to like doing all the edits that they've they've suggested because then you know that you're getting a better uh, manuscript at the end of it so it's a win-win if you get a good editor who understands your style but don't expect it to happen first go around like tb said it's it's uh, like getting into a relationship and not all relationships work straight off. You might be lucky. You might get someone and you're in a relationship for the next 25 years. You have an anniversary party. They send you gifts. That's rare. That's I rare. I think it's yeah. rare. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is, it, is a, it is a relationship because you are showing your vulnerability to editors. Um, it's always intimidating to send something to an editor because... Um, it is. It's it, it's a vulnerable spot to be in because you're nervous. You're, you're you're think you might you know at least in my situation you think they might be like oh my god you think you're a writer you're pathetic just go away. Um, so you have to trust the person, and I think that building the trust takes time. It, but also, if you do get into a situation with an editor and um, it doesn't work out, do like. You don't have to keep the relationship going. You can end the relationship. It is a business relationship. You don't have to stay with an editor just because. It's one of the harder parts, especially for new authors, to A, get to that point where like, okay, I'm ready to hire an editor, and then to figure out how to find an editor. And it takes time. It's not, it, it, you have to do some 
legwork. You have to network with some authors in your genre. You have to um, get sample edits. Um, it does take work. It's not like you're going to be like, okay, I want an editor, and like an hour later have it all set, and you send off the manuscript. It takes time. Every aspect of the writing business takes time. Yes, it's exactly the same as finding a cover designer or with me as of late, I've been looking for a translator. I haven't gone any further with that at the moment because um, the first one wasn't a good fit, but you know, you just have to take your time. Okay, so let us know if that was helpful. We hope that we've helped you demystify the process of hiring an editor and how to find one and how to, how to love one, how to nurture that relationship. <laughs> TV's, yes, treat your editors well. Yes. <laughs> treat. Good. Treat them well. Yes, treat them well. Send them a Christmas card. Go on, push the boat out. Do comment and let us know what you think on the website, lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us, um, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Twitter us at lesbianswhowrite. Facebook us and Instagram me. Especially if you do know of other resources we did not list that has uh, decent resources of editors, please let us know so we can let our listeners know. Yeah, that would be great. Let's share the love, everyone. Share the love. It's not just about tennis, is it, TB? All right, that's it for this week. Join us next week when we will be talking about Amazon's new A-plus content. Woo! See, this this one scares me, so <laughs> new, new stuff scares me. All right, until then, keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians You Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.